I want to welcome everybody to the Ag Market Network uh, monthly cotton teleconference. I'm Pat McClatchy. We're sponsored by BASF. Uh, they have been a long-term, uh, long-term sponsor of ours. We appreciate uh, them making this program possible. Today, our cotton discussion is being led by uh, Gerald uh, Nieper. Gerald, thanks for being with us and giving us your your thoughts on the cotton market. <coughs> Well, I think the cotton market gave us uh, my thought, which was it was uh, it just didn't didn't turn any heads. Uh, not much happened, although globally not much happened. But you know, some things did happen. I mean, the big the big news is that uh, for the United States, um, they raised U.S. exports for twenty two twenty three by four hundred thousand bales. They lowered domestic uh, consumption by a hundred thousand, and they lowered U.S. ending stock down to 3.2 million. Now, turning your attention to 23-24, which I think is maybe more germane to what what we're looking at, what people are concentrating on now is that, uh, you know, I think better weather in West Texas, yeah, they've gotten a lot of rain, too much rain, in fact, in some places, but other places it's been very, very beneficial. Uh, USDA decided to, to lower their uh, abandonment rate in, in West Texas, at least in the southwestern United States, and abandonment rate in the United States fell to 16%, which <clears throat> was down less than half of what it was last year. I think last year U.S. abandonment rate was like 47%, you know, thanks to about 77% abandonment in Texas. Um, but... Uh, because they reduced abandonment, and uh, even if they reduced yields a little bit, it did result in an increase in, in production, U.S. production, by a million bales. Now, did that all come out of Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas, or did they sneak in some increases elsewhere? We, no, we just won't know until the August crop report. But uh, So even still, they raised the crop a million bales. Uh, they also raised the U.S. exports for this next year by half a million, up to 14 million bales. And uh, the, uh, the result of, of, of all this was to uh, raise U.S. ending stock for next year up to a very, very manageable 3.5 million bales versus 3.2 million bales for this year. On the world stage, um, you know, world production was reduced by 40,000 bales, and, which is not much. 740,000 bale reduction out of West Africa. You know, India was increased by 500,000, and Brazil was increased by 200,000. So that was your big changes on world uh, production. Uh, world consumption, they, they reduced just a little bit uh, in various places. Bangladesh, they brought down a couple of hundred thousand. Indonesia, a couple of hundred thousand. And as I said earlier, you know, uh, the U.S., a hundred thousand. Uh, pretty, pretty minor. On the, uh, the world exports, they br- <laughs> they brought world exports, world trade down 500,000 bales, but they increased, you know, U.S. exports by 400,000, which meant that, you know, everybody else got reduced by a collective 900,000 bales. But, uh, you know, based upon yesterday's export sales report and the previous weeks, which were two of the best uh, export sales reports, We've had an, over the last, um, well, over this season, really, <clears throat> and, you know, maybe some expectations that we could see some more stuff. You know, U.S. Uh, 
the USDA, I think, felt comfortable raising the export estimate up to 13 million bales. And for 23-24, they raised it from 13.5 up to 14 million bales. I think really on the strength of, of a much larger crop. World-ending stocks is where it really did not change much. World-ending stocks increased by 254,000. Uh, the, uh, uh, you know, of course, the U.S. was down 300,000, and the rest of the world was up just a little over 500,000 bales. Mostly in Brazil, um, they had a 600,000 bale increase. India was up 650, but China and the U.S. and Turkey offset some of those increases. Uh, world ending stocks for for 23-24 was uh, on on net it was only down 94,000 bales, but uh, Bangladesh was up, Brazil was up, um, India, Pakistan were both up, uh, and all these changes pretty much offset one another. Um, the uh, I was actually a little bit surprised that USDA raised the U.S. crop. Um, not surprised in the sense that oh you know how could they raise it? how could they raise Texas? Uh, part of it is that yeah I think it's a little too early to raise Texas. Uh, it just depends on how the weather fares from this point forward. Uh, some of the longer range forecasters are calling for a big return to El Nino, the possibility of a lot of rain in West in West Texas in August and September and uh, probably falling into November, October as well, <clears throat> which, you know, may end up having more of an impact on, on quality as opposed to quantity, but it certainly could, could impact uh, uh, yields as, as well. Um, and since this crop is so late into the field, uh, if you don't get the heat units going in a big hurry, then that's going to raise all kinds of issues with respect to, to Micronair out of the, uh, the High Plains of West Texas for this next fall. Um, the, um, uh, John, do you have anything to add with respect to Texas? I know we were chatting a little earlier before the, before the phone call. Yeah, I would, I'm, it's, well, I'm struck by the, kind of the regional the differences and what you know what you say well things are good here things are bad here it, it kind of just depends on where you are uh, from south to north there's a um, well I'll, I'll just start in this in south texas where they've had timely rains from kind of the post planting period onward from easter onward um, and they they caught too much rain for a time, or spots of them did, but they seem to have grown out of that. And all the conversations I've had, all the window windshield observation I've had, some of the research crop modeling I've seen is all supporting the idea that they're they're doing great. Um, and now it's on a smaller planted base year over year, but then the the situation in South Texas would reflect what USDA ref, did in their month to month changes. It's going to be less abandonment. Um, and it sounds like a good situation, so I hope they carry that all the way through. But then it gets into an even more confusing mishmash. When you go to the northwest, when you go to the rolling plains, which has later planting dates still in June, still to come all the way to June the 20th, and the sandy land south of Lubbock, from what I'm hearing, there's been um, they are planting cotton. They're they're buying cotton seed. There's been more cotton seed sale business reportedly 
than there was during the normal sales period. It sounds like growers fighting to get cotton planted in between the rains. And um, so that's going on. All right, well, that kind of country, you know, burns up frequently. And this, again, this kind of supports what USDA is reflecting in their month-to-month change. It could reflect dry land yielding something and actually getting harvested, so maybe a lower national average harvested yield, but lower abandonment. Uh, So there's that. But then what's really striking to me is if the reports from agronomists whose opinions I respect, if you head north from Lubbock, it's anywhere between 50% and 75% of that intended cotton acreage from Lubbock up is, in the opinion of these agronomists, is going to go to something else. It'll either fail or or, or it'll be fallow, or it's going to go to a short corn or a sorghum or a forage. It's just a huge, huge percentage, with the percentage increasing the further north you go. So like the Amarillo region, it'd be 75%. <clears throat> so a whole lot, of, if, this, if that's accurate, then, then a whole bunch of land, uh, intended, expected cotton land, is, isn't going to be in cotton. Uh, so I think it'll, I, I kind of doubt USDA was, figuring that into their calculations and it would hopefully it would be reflected in the june 30 planted acreage numbers a bit but it you know kind of what you were saying gerald it may take it may take till you know a couple of revised fsa certified acres reports to where we think we know what's out there um and i guess the last bit of that trade-off in the panhandle would be the remaining 25 percent or 50 percent of intended cotton plantings you know they may do great um better than normal uh with with moisture assuming they get enough heat units to get going so but that's that's more uncertainty than i can handle frankly so like i say i think we're set up the market is set up to uh be grasping for a picture on the supply side and it may take the end of the summer for us to have it and so you know that to my way of thinking should support uh should support prices in a rather volatile fashion john what are what are the issues north north of lubbock from what i heard the irrigated in the in the further north amarillo north the 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 dry land just didn't get planted in time so whatever that is prevented and the irrigated got rained on hailed on and didn't germinate enough so it's it's growth issues with the irrigated. It's dry land that never got in at all. And that's really the same story from like Lubbock to Tulia. It's just to a lesser extent. That's that's the way it's being described to me. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, what are you here about conditions in the, uh, the Delta and the Southeast? Well, what I see and what I hear are much the same thing. Conditions are excellent. Uh, we could use some heat units, and we're starting to get them. Uh, some would say we're a little late, but, uh, gosh, it's just the uh, first week of June. Uh, we're supposed to be late. Uh, uh, certainly this time of year I've seen cotton that was just emerging that uh, produced a record crop. So uh, there's so much going on in that regard, but the crop looks good. The difficulty that I am finding, and I corresponded with a number of people yesterday, we're tending to think that planted acres are not what was forecast, uh, that the actual 
uh, intentions were reduced come planning time and price as we looked at prices at planning time as a consequence we pulled some land out of the Mid-South and, and the Southeast and put it in beans for the most part. The corn land, we were, we were increasing corn anyway, but uh, I've ridden around the last two weekends uh, throughout the state all but one, one major cotton highway, uh, and I was just a bit shocked at the lack of uh, cotton that I saw and at areas where I knew I would see cotton and I didn't see it. And I did not ride 61 north and south uh, along the river or Highway 1, literally along the river. But I've talked with a couple of guys that have done that here this week. And for the most part, they don't find it either. There's there's, uh, the North Delta near Memphis and uh, that side of Memphis where we have the lovely casinos. Uh, There's cotton up there. They've had some excellent yields they've planted. And as we get down, uh, in the very lower delta, there's a little cotton there. But uh, And particularly what rocked me a bit was in the hill country where I knew that cotton would be there. It just was not. But I'll certainly defer to whatever USDA comes up with in its June plantings report. <clears throat> All right. Any, any other thoughts? Well, I, I would like to make some comments on the report and, and Gerald's excellent job. Uh, I'm trying to think what's the number one point I see, uh, and I guess I'm coming in with numbers one and two, but number one would have to be the USDA's increase in world trade. I did not go back and look, but uh, it's been almost, I'm going to pull a number out of the year so y'all can nail me good. It's been almost a year since a monthly report showed an increase in world trade. It's been down, down, down month after month. And finally, we're getting an increase. Now, and that's wonderful, and I buy into it. I'm going to accept it. I have accepted it. But I'm not finding the increase in, in textile spending that I thought I would find to to see that increase in, in, in world trade. But uh, certainly we've had some, as Gerald said, we had the absolute best uh, export report that we've had since the last week of June in 2022, so almost a full year. And we've had huge sales the last two weeks. Uh, so consequently, yes, uh, U.S. world trade, uh, or the U.S. portion has increased. Gerald made the comment, very importantly, that uh, nearby export, export sales, they're coming out of uh, our competitors' hide. U.S. is increasing, but other countries are basically being reduced by near the same amount. So the availability of what we have, uh, whether or not it's available, it's certainly being sold. And I'm sure in some cases new crops going to have to be sold. But we've not seen a very we've not seen any better price improvement because Australian and Brazilian crops worldwide are on are, are, are taking market taking markets worldwide worldwide. Those uh, there's so much cotton there. Basis is so weak there that uh, its mills are able to get it get it up. But as they say, uh, as Gerald made the comment, I think he said this. I, I'm not putting words in your uh, mouth, Gerald, and I may have read something you wrote, or if not, I'll say you said it. Uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, I, I'm I'm turning up a little bit bullish, and I've been up there for 
nine months. And it, I'm turning a little bit bullish. I can't put my finger on it. Uh, I was, I, I like Gerald, I was surprised to see an increase in that USDA increased the world, the U.S. production, but I thought it was real. I thought it was necessary. Just historically, we don't, we tend not to see that kind of increase until the June report, but I understand where they're coming from, and I'm I'm happy to see that they bid into that. Uh, I think it's very realistic and should be expected. Uh, we always say tomorrow's weather is a whole lot more important than today's, and we can't project them. We can project tomorrow's, but we don't know what's going to what's going on. Uh, so that, that's I, I, I'm I'm coming up a little bit bullish in the longer term. Uh, I'm having trouble saying why other than looking at world trade. I think the U.S. economy is still an absolute wreck. Uh, I, I, it's, I think we've got some more troubles coming, some more problems coming. Uh, we, I do note USDA showed a 100,000 bail decrease in domestic consumption, as Gerald mentioned, but I actually expected that two months ago, so I was glad to see that they finally bit into it. But what's a hundred thousand bail change? Uh, not a whole lot. Pat, if I may, and cut me off if you need to. I, I was very hard on NAS last month in some written material, and I have been through the time period. Uh, so, and Kip said, "Oh, well, you're not doing that appropriately." So, in deference to Kip, who's not here today, my complaint is that they have the data. They just choose to wait until some, like this year, they chose to wait until till May before they gave us the production numbers. They'd had them for at least two months, but they didn't update them. And they, so they were publishing in February, March, April, they were publishing old data that they knew was not correct because they, the, bureaucrat, the bureaucratic rule was that, well, we don't change that until May. Well, Cotton is important to people. Cotton's important around the world. And when cotton was trading at 30 cents, and I remember that when USDA put that rule in place, it's one thing. Today, when cotton's trading at 80 cents or 90 cents or a dollar and a quarter, put out the information when you have it. Don't sit on it because, well, that's what we did. And that's what O.A. Cleveland saw when he was 30 years old. And now he's 80 years old. So we're going to do it the same way so we don't upset him. And one more thing, with respect to exports, I'm glad to see USDA raising these exports. They taught me, uh, educated me, whether they meant to or not, in that we look at the USDA numbers, but in the final analysis, and if I'm wrong, you guys correct me, and please anybody from USDA correct me. If I'm wrong, at the end of the year, they balance their export report with what what, uh, census data is, not what foreign ag service picks up from merchants. Uh, so why not share some of that census data or at least write about it and tell us about it? Gosh, it's another government agency, and it should have the same meaning as, as USDA data does. So share that with us. I know last year just people were telling me, oh, your exports are too high, too high, too high. Well, I'd say, well, wait and see that USDA doesn't change that because at that time USDA was telling me what the census data showed. And and that's what they're going to use. So I think basically this month they bought into that, but they should do that all year. At least to me, it makes sense. And uh, again, it's so important because growers are looking at, uh, at, at cotton that's 
twice or three times or four times as expensive as it was when these quote-unquote rules were set in place. Now, USDA is the book. It's, it's the gold standard, as Kip said. It's the Bible, as I've said many times in the cotton industry. should be. We want it to be. Excellent people are there, uh, better than I am, but at the same time, I do reserve the right to pick out them in my golden years, and I'm sure more than a few are wishing that my golden years would hurry up and pass, and I would go somewhere else other than above. Thank you. <laughs> Who wants to follow that? Uh, I was going to say here, here to the earlier to the earlier part of those comments. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any thoughts? We'll we'll get on to uh, what uh, any any thoughts on. Price projections. Uh, what do you think, Olay? You know, uh, <laughs> go ahead. So was that John? I'm, I, I, oh, that was that was I think me. He said, my he said Olay. Oh. oh, okay. I said Olay. Well, it's, it's a place of honor to to, to go first. <laughs> yeah, you want to get well. it done before I die. You afraid <laughs> it's going to be the day? Uh, it's uh, uh, I, I'm old crops done. Uh, it's you know what's the expression stick a fork in it it's done it's not going anywhere uh and uh, uh july is not going to respond anymore it hadn't responded to these export sales it's it's not going to uh, okay so it, it can go up 150 points tomorrow it can so maybe it does uh we are in a delivery period and that's what's con- con- uh, con- controlling everything and i'll let you other guys talk about the search stocks and they finally gotten high enough uh, that that we're going we're going to get some delivery, and in my opinion, that's going to keep prices down. New crop, that's where we want to go anyway. Well, you know, tomorrow's weather is what rules the roost. And again, people know better than I. But that old cotton plant, that's a desert plant. It's if it's in the ground, it's going to surprise most everybody, and it's going to produce, and it's going to produce more than we think it is. It's been doing that year in and year out when we kick it kill it off and say it's dead. Uh, the, at the, that point in time, the best yield, the record yield in the state of Mississippi came on the absolute latest crop we had ever planted. So tomorrow's weather is what controls everything, not today, not, not what happens today. But I think the heat units are out there in Texas now. The cotton is in the ground or near going into the ground. Some of that rolling plains won't get planted till July. Uh, and that's all fine. There will be time. That uh, that massive rolling plain dry land area is now set to make a crop. Uh, another rain, it, maybe it makes a huge crop. Maybe they do get too much rain. Uh, maybe their crop is quality uh, restricted there at the end with the rain on it. Uh, uh, but I, I'm, I still am going to stick with the 17 million bale crop. Uh, I've been saying that it's around 75 cents in December. Uh, I'm, I'm not giving up on that, but that would have to be my absolute low. My prior absolute low was probably 70, 72 cents. Now, absolutely no lower than 75 cents. I'm getting a little bullish again. I still am a little nervous about going up to 90 cents. That's that's going to be a tough road to, to climb because I think we still have some demand problems. Thank you, and I'm sorry for taking too much time. All right. John, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I agree with everything I just heard. I would just 
slap a simplistic 10 cent range between 78 and 88. Um, I think the, I think the upper end is possible just from, you know, volatility. And if there's a, anything that goes wrong and the speculators can go net, net long and buy it up that high. And I, I think we're supported in the mid to upper seventies. So there. All right, Gerald. <clears throat> uh, you know, I always says he can't put his finger on it. And, and uh, I would have to agree with that. It just, I, it's hard to make a fundamentally bullish argument right now because it is too early to, you know, kill the crop, and I don't think you can kill it, not with all these beneficial rains. Um, and, uh, yeah, some people have had some problems, but overall these rains are going to be are going to be beneficial. Demand is it does not – I mean, the last two weeks we've had some decent export sales, but if you look at – you know, forward sales, they're still well behind. I mean, we've only sold like a million and a half bales forward uh, for this time of year versus over three million at this time last year. So fundamentally, it's hard to make a, 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 a bullish argument, but technically I like this thing. So, you know, and, and the old saying, technicals are the leading indicators of fundamentals, and, you know, we'll find something out later why this thing is, is should be – why prices should go a little higher? I would like OA. It would be, I think we'd be hard pressed to to get up to and, and exceed 90 cents in December. But I certainly can see the, uh, um, you know, the July highs here recently. You know, we we stalled out anywhere between 87 and and, and 89 cents, and that's probably not going to change anytime soon. For uh, once we even move into the December contract on the low end. Yeah, OA seventy five cents. I wouldn't disagree. John seventy eight cents. So let's say seventy five to seventy eight cents. You know, uh, seventy five to seventy five to eighty nine. Just expand a little bit on the range, but I think we're going to spend a lot of time between, let's say, you know, seventy nine fifty eighty cents on the low side and eighty four fifty eighty five cents on on the top side. Okay. Any any closing thoughts? All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Uh, we want to thank Gerald for leading our uh, panel today. Thanks to our sponsor, BASF, and thanks to you, our listeners. And that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network.